0: of the fantasy football season Uh, my favorite week of fantasy football uh, at least here at the uh, qb list fantasy football podcast and and eric do you know why week 11 is my favorite week of the fantasy football season
1: Uh, absolutely no idea
0: because i didn't draft cooper cup anywhere and he can finally no longer hurt me because he and the rest of the rams are on bye this week so if you have cooper cup your reign of terror is finally coming to a slight pause as you can't play him this week uh hopefully you guys aren't relying on too many rams uh or at the very least just odell beckham jr uh but ryan eric welcome how are you guys doing today
1: Uh, i think i'm the opposite my home league is just decimated by rams and broncos on buys i thought we were through the bye weeks i wasn't planning for this at all so uh you know i've been trying to drop mike davis for like half the season and um he's in my running back two slot right now so things are great doing great here how are you doing
2: Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I just dropped LaVisca Chenault in a few leagues. I really thought I was going to be able to hold on to him all season, just holding holding out that hope. But he's off my roster, and honestly, I feel better for it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, we we don't have any huge bye weeks coming up in terms of number of teams, but in terms of fantasy relevant players next week, it's the chiefs and the Cardinals uh, week 13, we've got the Titans, the Packers, uh, and then, you know, like the Browns and the Panthers. Um, so, you know, Jarvis Landry truth is out there. Sorry. Week 13 is not gonna be a good one for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, next two weeks, we've got a lot of really good fantasy relevant players on bye. this week. As you mentioned, Broncos Rams, um, a lot of good players there, a lot of players that we'd want. We'd like to get out there on our lineups this week. I was very excited to see Jerry Judy, again and i will have my excitement will have to wait at least one more week um speaking of players we might have to wait on uh coach andy reed said that there's a chance the chiefs don't activate clyde edwards elair this week uh they have their buy next week we just mentioned that and so there's a chance that they may just decide to give him two more weeks off uh and uh so kind of keep a close eye on that obviously if he's not going daryl williams is an insta start uh if CEH is playing Uh, what does that do for Darrell Williams are you going to bench him right away are you going to start CEH right away or are you going to
1: wait and see on this I think it's a bit wait and see. I'm pretty worried they're both going to vulture each other's value here. Uh, It's really, it's come down to this Chiefs offense having to check the ball down a lot because of the two high looks defenses are playing. So it's great for their PPR value, but I'm worried if they split it in half, we're not looking at much here. So they'd be desperation plays, but uh, I think I'd rather see them shake out for a week before I trust either one of them too much here.
0: Yeah, I mean, are we even sure that CH is the best running back on the team? Uh Eagles designated their running back Miles Sanders for return from injured reserve. Uh we've seen this play out many times throughout the year. This typically means he'll be back next week. Um uh, we've not seen, I don't think we've seen a single player yet get designated to return from IR and actually return that same week. But that doesn't mean it's impossible, so keep an eye on Miles Sanders there in Philadelphia um, just to make, you know, all of our murky backfields, even murkier, of course. Um, Speaking of Latavius Murray returned to Ravens practice on Wednesday. Um, Le'Veon Bell has been released. So that kind of, you know, frees things up a little bit, but with Murray back in town, uh, what do you expect to see in Baltimore? Is Devontae Freeman still interesting? Do you want to go pick up Latavius Murray? Who's only 30% rostered now um, in Yahoo leagues. Where
1: are you leaning in this Baltimore backfield? It's not looking great. I think we're waiting for another injury again, sadly, because Freeman's looked good enough. I think he's earned some work. Uh, Murray looked okay before, and he's going to get some work back, but maybe with this injury, they're going to limit him. So I think we're looking at a real mix here between Murray and Freeman, and uh, they're never going to use Tyson Williams, apparently. So uh, yeah, I don't think there's much use here until we get another injury in this backfield. Hey, hey, that, that's league
0: winner, Tyson Williams. See you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then also, Lamar Jackson was sent home from Ravens practice um, with a non COVID in- illness. Uh, you know, head coach Harbaugh did not sound overly concerned. So just feeling a little under the weather. Um, Kyler Murray did participate in the open portion of the Cardinals practice. There's no injury report yet. Um, you know, Cardinals being a West Coast team, they, they take their sweet time with that kind of stuff. So, uh, Kyler Murray, we don't know yet what his status is, but um, he did start practicing. So that's good news for him playing this week. Uh, And then finally, it sounds like Ben Roethlisberger is going to play if he can clear the COVID protocols, which to me doesn't say a whole lot because um, that's how things generally go. If they clear the COVID protocols, they're playing. So uh, hopefully he does, because I don't want a repeat of what happened in Pittsburgh this past week
1: yeah um mason rudolph might be the only one that can make ben roethlisberger look good at this point so um if roethlisberger was in that rain from last week though it might have been pretty ugly so maybe who knows we might have a quarterback competition here we'll see (laughs) please no uh and i i don't know how jared goff was somehow the best quarterback
0: out of out of all three of them but that's where we were at um all right well it's week 11 and you know what that means your fantasy playoffs are around the corner and Fantasy trade deadlines around the corner too. At least in Yahoo, the default trade deadline is November twentieth. You're probably listening to this on November eighteenth, so you've got two days to get your trades in and through on Yahoo. Um, I think ESPN's default trade deadline is after Thanksgiving. I think it's the the weekend after uh, Thanksgiving. So um, you've got a little bit more time on ESPN, uh, but in Yahoo, you got to make some decisions now. So we have taken a look at the upcoming schedules for a lot of players. We we crunched the numbers. We did the analyzing. Um, Ryan, what kind of analyzing did we do? Because I'm just the host. So what what all did we look at? And and how are we going to be kind of evaluating this moving forward?
2: Sure. So we looked at the strength of schedule and defensive efficiency from sharp football. Uh, That's a metric that incorporates a lot of different things like sack rates, Yards per attempt just the raw counting stats it really throws a lot in there and the idea is that it's going to be predictive moving forward or at least more so than just using fantasy points allowed by a certain defense so we might have a bit of an edge here over just a quick glance at the schedule so
0: with with that in mind who are some players that uh have easy playoff schedules so we we're looking at weeks i believe 15 through 17 um, Have easy schedules at that time. So if you're a team that's, you know, you're looking good to make the playoffs or, um, you, you know, you're looking ahead to good playoff schedules and you think there are teams that might uh, be looking to trade to get more immediate help. Who are some players that you're going to be targeting based on their schedule at the end of the season?
2: Yeah, so at least on the running side of the ball, uh, the Seahawks look pretty good. I think this applies to both Alex Collins and Chris Carson. I think either of them could potentially stand to benefit, depending on whether Carson actually returns or not. It is totally possible he just gets shut down for the year, especially if the Seahawks fall out of the division race. So it could be Alex Collins for all we know. So everything I'm about to say applies to both of them. Uh mm-hmm. Rashad Penny completely disappeared in week 10, which was really interesting. I was kind of wondering on Twitter where he went. He wasn't declared inactive, but he just suddenly had 0% of the snaps after getting 35% and 19% the last two weeks and soaking up some extra carries. So it seems like this backfield is thinning out. So the next few weeks, the Seahawks are facing the Cardinals, the Washington football team, and the 49ers, who are really tough matchups for opposing running backs. However, in the playoffs, they get the Rams, which are 14th, uh, Chicago, which are 25th, 21st, and Detroit, which is 25th in rushing defense efficiency. So these are some positive matchups. And if you're a team that is pretty sure you're going to make the playoffs, you can probably get Collins and or Carson at a discount right now because they're pretty unlikely to help any teams that are still fighting to get in. Uh, For Collins' part, I'll say that he's not anything special talent-wise. I don't think you need me to tell you that. But he did just have a season-high 62.5% share of his team's carries in Week 10. So it's entirely possible that he's there in benefits Or Carson comes back and makes a hero's return and just smashes in the fantasy playoffs.
1: Yeah. And I think Seattle backfield is a good one to bring up because these are going to be pretty cheap players to acquire. Uh, We're going to get to some more expensive ones later, and the teams may not be willing to move on from them. But I'm pretty sure if you dangle something in front of Alex Collins or Chris Carson managers, they're going to listen. Um, these are not two players that have been dominating this year. So I like that call on the Seahawks. Those are some nice playoff matchups and, uh, just a way to not blow up your roster and maybe get a boost later on.
0: Yeah. And it's all about, it's all about just trying to find that value. Uh, especially if you're the person you're trading with is fighting for a playoff spot. Um, they may look at the, they may be more interested in their schedule over the next few weeks and see tough defenses and, you know, yeah, they may look at the playoff schedule and be like, oh, that's so, you know, so juicy. But at the same time, like it doesn't help you at all if you don't make it there. So um, definitely someone to target. And and also, by the way, flip side of this conversation, if you're a team fighting to make the playoffs, uh, these might be guys that you can then sell to a team that's in first place or second place um, and get you something that can help you make the playoffs. Because Uh, You may not want to play Alex Collins or Chris Carson these next few weeks, uh, even if they are, even if Carson is healthy. So it might be a good way to try and get you some value that can get you into the playoffs, give you a fighting chance. Uh, Who who else has got an easy playoff schedule, Uh, Ryan?
2: Yeah, so now looking at passing games, uh, the Titans definitely stand out. In weeks 14 through 17, they get Jacksonville, which is last in the league in defensive efficiency, Pittsburgh, which is 20th. San Fran which is 25th and Miami which is 22nd so that's a really strong even last four weeks for the Tennessee passing game. Uh, The problem is that Ryan Tannehill has only gone over 30 pass attempts once since week four and even after Derrick Henry got hurt the Titans pass to run ratio has been pretty much the same right near the bottom of the league. I was really hoping there would be a shift with that injury but They are still just run, 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 run with Deontay Foreman and Adrian Peterson. Clearly, they don't care who they're handing it off to. So, aside from that, I think this could be interesting for A.J. Brown. You don't need me to tell you how good A.J. Brown is, but he's been top five in the league in air yard share, but he's 21st in total air yards, which kind of shows how small a passing pie is in Tennessee. So, there's some upside and some downside here we've seen AJ Brown pop off and just get it done on efficiency. And he certainly could in these matchups, um, but maybe he's someone you are looking to sell if you need to make the playoffs, because if you can get a premium for him now, I would do it.
0: Yeah. And, and another, you know, kind of flip side of that with AJ Brown, he does have a buy in week 13 um, for a team that's fighting for the first spot in the playoffs. That is, um, Kind of, they don't have depth at wide receiver and as deep as wide receiver is there are leagues out there where you look at the waiver wire and it's like okay cool i can go pick up micole hardman i guess that's something you know they, they may want someone better than that uh to fill their lineup spot you may be able to go to them and say hey um you know like an amari cooper jamar chase um who's you know very much in the conversation uh with aj brown in terms of production but they've passed their bye week um and so you're getting an upgrade in terms of you know, you're increasing your own ceiling. Um, you're giving up, you know, significant uh, talent to do so, but you're kind of winning out anyway. Um, and the other manager feels like they're winning because they're not losing on week 13 when A.J. Brown is going to get them zero points no matter what uh, he does because he's going to be sitting at home. So just something to think about. Um, a little high-end target for you there. Um, and then any anyone else with, you know, slightly less interesting or, or slightly less upside than an A.J. Brown?
2: Yeah, I mean, so the Dolphins have a very, very easy schedule, especially as far as the running game goes for the rest of the season, both for the next four weeks and in the playoffs. Um, Miles Gaskin has consolidated some more of the backfield share since Malcolm Brown went to IR, but his offensive line is just so bad. It gets among the worst run blocking grades in the league. So I'm just not feeling like you should go out and target him if he's on your roster you're probably fine keeping him rostered he could help you out but i don't think he's somebody that you need to go out and overpay for despite how nice the schedule looks
0: gotcha all right um and then let's move on to players that have difficult schedules um in the playoffs and uh eric i know you were looking at teams that really have tough schedules so who are some players that if you're definitely making the playoffs, you or, or even if you're, you know, looking at making the playoffs, you might want to see if you can sell high on them now before anyone, you know, kind of takes a close look at their schedule and sees what they've got coming up.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to need you all to talk through this one with me um, because I don't know if it's blasphemy to sell high on Christian McCaffrey or not. I know any other year uh, selling high on Christian McCaffrey would be the stupidest sentence that anyone could utter. Uh, but uh, so let's look at the Panthers schedule here coming up. Um, They've got Washington football team, um, Miami, the bye week, which is pretty big in Atlanta. So that's a nice four-game stretch, uh, but they do have a bye in there. And then the playoffs are at Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans. Those are really tough run schedules. Now, I know that Christian McCaffrey can catch the ball. He can overcome a Tampa Bay schedule. But I do think it's worth keeping in mind, if you have McCaffrey, there's already that injury threat. We've seen him banged up so many times the last few years. And we've got that playoff schedule waiting of Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans. So I could see maybe if you're pretty confident you're making the playoffs, you like your roster, uh, floating them out there and seeing if you just get a, a King's ransom for them. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's it's a tough one. Uh, you never want to sell on McCaffrey, I don't think. But you also throw in Cam Newton coming in. Um, he's already stolen touchdowns just one weekend from McCaffrey. Maybe that continues in the goal line. Uh, I don't know what you think about this, Ryan, but if you're locked into the playoffs and you want to avoid that tough playoff schedule, do you try to package McCaffrey for like an RB one and a wide receiver one and see if someone wants to overbid here?
2: I think a lot of it depends on your roster. If you feel like your roster is very top heavy and might have a couple of holes, then I could understand doing it. And maybe your roster does have a few holes if you aren't locked into the playoffs yet. So I think there's a world where it makes sense, but I would caution trying to predict injuries. I mean, the player that you trade him for could just as easily get injured. Maybe not just as easily because these lower body injuries tend to reoccur during seasons as we've already seen with McCaffrey, but you don't want to get completely burned here and that it's totally possible. You have to consider the other side of that.
1: Yeah, now one thing I think it does solidify is we can probably move on from handcuffing McCaffrey Um, Yes, Washington, Miami, and Atlanta are a couple good matchups here, but there's a bye week in there. But um, unless he gets re-injured here in the next week or two, um, are we holding Chuba Hubbard for a Buffalo matchup in the playoffs? I don't think we're really looking at that. So I think you can move on from the backfield there. Um, Otherwise, the Panthers, again, they have an easy 11 through 14 schedule against uh, against past defenses. Um, they actually have the easiest pass defense schedule. Um, but then the playoffs, it gets tough again with that same matchup. So I think DJ Moore is a little more interesting here. Um, this early schedule is really nice for him. And if you're really trying to make a push for the playoffs, maybe you take a little gamble here that Cam Newton is a better quarterback than what he's seen with PJ Walker and Sam Darnold, um, because he really could take advantage of this Washington, Miami and Atlanta matchup. Over the next uh, three, the next four, that bye week does complicate things if you're competing for the playoffs. But if you're looking to take a gamble, I mean Moore's got the potential. He's talented. Um, he's got a 28% target share this year, which is wide receiver six. And again, maybe you're just banking on Cam. You know Cam looked good in the preseason. Um, his top target was Jacoby Myers last year. You know Moore's much better than Myers, but a similar style. So I think DJ Moore could be worth a gamble here if you really need a spark over the next four weeks. And I think a lot of managers are going to be selling low on him.
0: Yeah. And actually, let me ask, I was going to bring him up later, uh, but since you are talking about the Panthers passing game right now, Robbie Anderson was one of the most added wide receivers in Yahoo, caught a touchdown on um, this past week from Cam Newton. Um, is Robbie Anderson, obviously not a trade target, but is Robbie Anderson someone you're picking up for these next few weeks of, of like an easy schedule?
1: Yeah, I was going to say he's a dart throw waiver ad for sure. I mean, we've seen the talent. Uh, Sam Darnold really sank it. And again, like you said, he had his best week in a while last week. So if Cam gives him a little spark, I think Robbie Anderson could be a beneficiary. We've seen the targets there. We just need the production. So I would keep an eye on Robbie Anderson in deep leagues for sure.
0: Okay. Um, and, and back to just, you're not, you're definitely crazy for bringing up Christian McCaffrey, but it's not absolutely insane. Um, He was uh, Christian McCaffrey has not uh, totaled over a hundred uh, yards from scrimmage against the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers in the three matchups that he's had dating back to the start of 2019. In fact, he was held under 60 yards um, in both of their matchups in 2019 did better against the saints, um, but not great. And it definitely would be, I mean, the the worst performances that he had in that 2019 season were by far against the buccaneers and the saints so definitely something to consider two of their three matchups are against those divisional opponents so um and, and i completely agree and chuba hubbard on your roster maybe through the panthers bye week uh but if he's the last man standing in in your backfield um right now and and there's someone else you want to pick up and go after i go for it honestly uh any other players uh that you're potentially looking to
1: sell got really difficult playoff uh, schedules well no i'm actually kind of looking at this from the opposite range um, the colts have a really tough running schedule um, both uh, the rest of the regular season and the fantasy playoffs they play buffalo tampa bay houston that's a good matchup but then a buy and then they get new england arizona and finally las vegas in the finals that's a good matchup but it's a tough schedule uh i would not panic because jonathan taylor looks like potentially the best running back in the league um i would say like if they're if if his manager is desperate um maybe you try throwing out just an offer they can't refuse on him. point out that it's buffalo it's tampa bay and it's a buy in three of the next four weeks maybe you can kind of do again a king's ransom and get jonathan taylor on your roster i don't think that's going to happen and then uh, a tough matchup for the passing game is the bills Um, they play indianapolis uh, new orleans new england tampa bay Carolina, New England, and Atlanta. So that's a tough stretch for the Bills. Um, if the Stephon Diggs manager in your league is skeptical, you know, he kind of, this is a sell high moment for Diggs. He just had that big game last week. Um, maybe you try to, you know, give a fair offer for Diggs, but point out that tough schedule. He's got a 29% target share, second among all receivers. And then even like Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, I, I think they're almost free at this point. Um, they may hit your waivers at some point, or maybe an add-on and a trade. Um, But with that tough schedule, I still think there's potential because uh, the Bills have only thrown 60 percent of the time this year. um, But over the last three games, they have thrown 67 percent of the time. So this offense is so pass heavy, they can overcome this tough schedule.
0: All right. I I like that. I like coming in from the angle of, uh, you know, hey, there's a difficult schedule might scare off their current manager might give them some pause. So giving you an opportunity to leverage that and try and acquire some of these stud players at, at maybe a, a price that's a little less than what you might expect to Jonathan Taylor or Stefan Diggs to go for. So I, I really like that angle. Um, yeah, so just really the main thing from this is just the thought process you, you've got, you know, from the time you're listening to this, you know, hopefully you're you're listening to us the day that we drop. And, you know, thank you so <laughs> much for that. Uh, you've got potentially 48 hours here to kind of get your trades together on Yahoo. So um, definitely something to, to kind of keep in mind, look at players' schedules. Uh, and really try and, and make targets based off of when you need to be you know uh, if you're fighting for the playoffs make sure you're targeting players that are are going to be good these next three weeks and if you're uh, solidly in the playoffs look for guys who've got some difficult schedules um, and and see if you can uh, sort of buy low-ish on them um, again some targets we discussed Alex Collins Chris Carson AJ Brown Miles Gaskin um, we didn't get to Devontae Smith but Ryan you got Devontae Smith listed here as well and then the Carolina backfield, DJ Moore, Jonathan Taylor, Stefan Diggs, and the rest of the guys in Buffalo. So uh, just something to think about and apply to, you know, make sure you look around your league because ultimately uh, all of this does, you know, it, the context of your league matters. So um, look around your league, look at teams that are, are fighting for position and, and see what you can do there. Um, all right. We're going to talk a lot about players on this, on this podcast. We're not going to talk about everyone. So um, if there's players for this week, as we transition to our sit, start portion of this podcast. Um, that you're looking for that we don't talk about head on over to qblist.com um, check out the sit start article we talk about every game every player um so definitely go there if, they, if we miss someone that you're looking for um and if you really are having a hard time deciding between some players and, and you know we didn't get you the clarity you need here check out eric's rankings as well his rankings are gonna be on the site um, and so you'll be able to see you know exactly where he has them ranked and, and maybe help you um break some uh, some ties there in terms of your decisions uh, some small injury news and notes. Uh, Chase Claypool returned to practice. Um, he is week to week. He missed last week. Uh, just keep an eye. Maybe Claypool is playing this week. Uh, Dallas Goddard is in the concussion protocol. Uh, so obviously, if you have Dallas Goddard, maybe go out and get another tight end because Goddard may not be able to play this week. Uh, Jared Goff missed practice. I, I don't, uh, does this matter? Is Jared Goff a good quarterback? Um, the Lions will turn to Tim Boyle. He might be better. I don't know. Um, any thoughts here on on
1: uh what Goff might mean for this Detroit offense? Uh I mean we at least know he'll check it down to the running backs. So I, I guess it could get worse. Um yeah, but Goff also targeted TJ Hawkinson once last week, which is indefensible. So I, you know, I don't know what to tell you here. Indefensible. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> um
0: and then the Jets plan to start Joe Flacco. Uh so Joe Flacco, starting quarterback for the Jets. I think this will be the fourth starting quarterback the Jets have had this season. So um, Zach Wilson uh, apparently still not 100%. Does this affect, I mean, I don't know how many players in the Jets were optimistic about. Uh, Michael Carter probably is one of them. Ryan, does Joe Flacco under center affect how you feel about any Jets skill players?
2: I mean, a lot of this Michael Carter sort of breakout has come with mike white under center but at the same time i feel like he's just earned this higher opportunity share as we've gone through the season so i wouldn't worry too much about carter right now i think flacco is more than happy to check it down to michael carter so i think he'll probably be fine
0: okay yeah uh carter has pr- uh, performed really well this year and and i mean the breakouts come under mike white um but he has actually especially in ppr um actually scored, uh, i'd say probably higher than than we uh have expected um after the really slow start to the year that he's had um obviously he had his insane week eight scored 32 ppr points but has been double digits or higher um every week but one since week four uh, and the one week he missed it he was at 9.6 points so um above 15 points in week seven and ten so you know carter's been doing well um yeah uh, I don't know how much Flacco is going to check down at this point in his career, but I also don't think he's got a big old arm anymore at this point in his career. So we'll see. Um, speaking of the Jets kind of streaming quarterback this season, Ryan, uh, who are some of the best streamers you have this week for fantasy teams? Is J- Joe Flacco is not one of them, I hope.
2: <laughs> no, Joe Flacco is absolutely not one of them. All right. So starting off with quarterback here. I really wanted it to be Mac Jones this week, but I figured everybody was going to say to screen Mac Jones, so I wanted to go with something a little different here. I've got Justin Fields against the Ravens this week. Uh, He has had eight or more rushing attempts in each of the last three games. They've been letting him run the ball some more, and that's what we love to see for fantasy. I mean, the Ravens aren't as cake of a matchup through the air as the Falcons are for Mac Jones. But on the other hand, they've been giving up a lot of explosive plays on the ground. They are 31st in the league against big runs this year, which Fields could very well take advantage of. And it's way more likely that Fields is going to be in a negative game script than Mac Jones. So I see Fields as just having a higher ceiling here. I do have Jones ranked one spot above Fields, but I would still go with Fields if you really need a spark. Uh,
0: interesting, Mac Jones, the uh, the high floor option, and Justin Fields, the high ceiling option. I haven't heard that. Uh, that's a that's a fresh take on those two quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> I will say, so Mac Jones is the second most added quarterback this week, especially after the big week that he just had against Cleveland. Um, he's still only forty percent rostered. So if uh, if Mac Jones is more your style, um, still very much available. Justin Fields available in uh, uh 71% of leagues. Um, so I they should they are probably both still available in your league. Um, tight end, I, you're gonna make Eric very happy with this next tight end. I do just want to say before you say who it is, he is once again the most added tight end. Uh, <laughs> and he is still rostered in less than 40% of Yahoo leagues, despite being one of the most added tight ends week after week. Ryan, who is it?
2: Yeah, Dan Arnold's going to be the streamer every single week until he crosses our 50% threshold. He's seeing just ridiculous target volume for a tight end. Like no, none of these other waiver waiver wire tight ends can even dream of it. So, so in his last five games, these are the tight ends that have more targets than Dan Arnold does. Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, and George Kittle that those are the only tight ends that have had more targets than Arnold in his last five games. The one downside to Arnold is, as I said last week, red zone usage, Jaguars aren't in the red zone very much, just three red zone targets for Arnold in his last five games, but he's still my tight end eight this week, which I think is a record for the highest I've had the streamer tight end all year.
0: Yeah. it um, He's very much, I think, more of a PPR play or even half PPR play just because of the that's the, you know, the kind of archetype is the target volume versus uh, high red zone usage. But uh, it's really interesting over the last four weeks, on average, Dan Arnold is fourth in targets per game. Um, So he's definitely someone that is getting a ton of attention, a ton of looks. And, uh, I mean, he's ahead of guys like George Kittle and and TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson, by the way, should not be this low, but he only got one target last week, so that really throws off the the averages. So thanks for that, Jared Goff. Uh, All right. Uh, And finally, what what defense are you going to be streaming?
2: Yeah, so I really see the Los Angeles Chargers as a clear stream this week. They are four and a half. Point home favorites, that line is probably going to move depending on whether it's Big Ben or Mason Rudolph under center. You don't need me to tell you to start him against Mason Rudolph, but even if Ben does play, uh, the Chargers are really the most vulnerable on the ground. And I think the Steelers are uniquely unequipped to take advantage of that they have the 30th ranked run blocking offensive line according to pro football focus so far this year so i think there's some potential where pittsburgh just isn't able to run the ball the chargers get up and big ben has to throw 50 times and throws a pair of picks especially if he's still recovering from covid and isn't 100 percent physically
0: yeah, uh, I'm definitely starting against Mason Rudolph, but it's, like you said, it's not like Big Ben's a whole lot better anyway. So, uh, good good pick there. Um, should be a fun game. Uh, I think that one's in L.A. Uh, so uh, you know, definitely definitely a big game there for for the Chargers, as uh, you know, I think they want to get back atop the AFC West, um, or at the very least be above the Chiefs. Uh, all right, so we're gonna talk about um. Thursday Night Football, just remember all of our sit start recommendations are for 12-team PPR leagues. Um, if you're in a different size league, you got different scoring settings, uh, you find yourself on Sunday morning going, man, I, I still don't know what to do with my with my lineups, um, come on down to our Discord. Uh, you can join pitcherlist.com slash plus. Uh, sign up with uh, PL Plus to join the Discord and really get access to the entire QB list staff. Ask us uh, everything you want to ask us about your fantasy teams, uh, your lineups, and all of that stuff. So uh, with that said, Let's talk about a great Thursday night football matchup between a team that just had, I think was on the winning side of the biggest blowout of the week and a team that was on the biggest side or the losing side of the biggest blowout of the week as well. that's new England against Atlanta. Uh, Some interesting injury news in new England. Uh, So Ramondre Stevenson just absolutely popped off, had an amazing game against Cleveland. And now Damien Harris has been removed from the concussion protocols. He is going to play Thursday night against the Falcons Um, which makes things a bit murkier there. Uh, Brandon Bolden is questionable. Uh, So if he doesn't play, that might open up some passing game work for these guys. But uh, if, you know, with Harris and Stevenson, both expected to be healthy and ready to play on, on Thursday, it's such a great matchup. We expect there to be a ton
1: of running, but can you start either one of these guys with confidence, Eric? I mean, this whole game is a mess. Like, do we feel the best about the tight ends? Like, who else do we even feel good about? Like, I I don't know what to do here because we've seen Belichick kind of do it both ways here, give the job back to the injured player or ride the hot hand. Um, Both of these running backs look good here in Damian Damian Harris and Ramon Stevenson. So I think it's going to be a pretty big split here. I would have a hard time trusting Stevenson just because this was Harris's job in the first place. Um, But Harris, you know, without a lot of pass catching, I can't get him a lot higher than like RB19, even in a great matchup. So I, this is a mess. I, I wish we could have one of these running backs here, but it doesn't look like we're going to. Um, I would beware with any of these players. I totally get the upside going against Atlanta here. But um, Ryan, I mean, it, it's probably Harris's job, right? Like, you know, the Patriots better than I do. He'd be the one you trust the most, I assume.
2: I, that's also my inclination, but I'll say that, anybody who will give you a confident answer of which one it will be <laughs> is completely BSing you. yeah you. There's really no way to tell. Stevenson looked really good last week. They really just gave him the workhorse role, 20 carries, five targets. His only target that he didn't catch was a bad drop in the red Damn. zone. Um, but other than that, he looked amazing. He showed some good vision. He has the ability to hit these giant holes that the New England offensive line opens up. And there will be a lot of those holes against the Falcons. So I think both of these guys have a lot of upside. I can understand playing either one of them and praying. They both have a lot of touchdown equity too. I mean, New England loves to run in the red zone. It's entirely possible. Both these running backs walk out with a touchdown.
0: So, I mean, if you have to choose and some teams out there do have to choose because they handcuffed Harris with Ramondre Stevenson, who are you starting on Thursday or, uh, if you have decent enough option and by decent enough, I don't mean you've got like Jonathan Taylor and AJ Dillon already on your roster. I mean, you're, we're talking about, Hey, you're, you maybe you're thinking about, I don't know, Devontae Freeman or Deontay Foreman or Zach Moss. If this is your, if this is your backup option, um, do you start either Harris or Stevenson or do you bench them both?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've got Harris at 19. I would feel pretty confident playing him. I can't shake this feeling with Stevenson that it's going to be like, oh, the starter's back and uh, you know, great game kid, but you're back to the bench. So uh, he's the one that I worry about here. I'm an RB 33. I honestly don't know where to put him, but I think I would feel better someone like Dearness Johnson against Detroit in mop-up duty. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just, I can't pencil in Stevenson for a role and that worries me. So, um, and, and you know, I know Ryan said Stevenson looked good last week, but it's not like Damian Harris hasn't looked good when he gets the shot, too. So I expect Harris to have the job. I'm most worried about Stevenson here.
0: Wait, so so that was Dearness Johnson in mop up duty. That wasn't even Dearness Johnson with Nick Chubb still potentially out, as he has not been uh, yeah. removed from the COVID protocols yet. You feel better about. You feel. So in kind of given similar situations, a uh, second running back on a team expected to absolutely trounce their opponent and run a lot, you'd feel better about Dearness Johnson than Ramondre Stevenson?
1: Yeah, just because. I don't know. It, it's there's a little more pass catching work there in Cleveland. Um, Detroit's so bad. Uh, I know Atlanta's bad, but they kind of they've have their weeks where they compete. So I don't know. I just have a bad feeling about Stevenson personally. I hope I'm wrong, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him disappear. We see that all the time with this Patriots backfield.
0: OK, so that I mean, it kind of a little bit clears up what is a kind of a difficult situation. I know a lot of people out there who have Stevenson on their roster are going to want to play him after the week that he just had and uh, the matchup that he has. I know it, it's very t- tempting. But, uh, you know, Damian Harris kind of splashes a whole lot of cold water on that. And Harris is the safer option um, just just from, you know, Atlanta's so bad as a, as a ru- uh, run defense. And uh, Harris has done nothing to lose the job other than get a concussion. So it's, it's hard to see Belichick just telling Harris. It'll be easier to tell Stevenson to just, you know, grab some bench. So mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um, is there anyone else in this New England offense? I know we've kind of mentioned Mac Jones as a low end streamer. Um, someone who, you know, has that a, a decent enough floor here in this matchup. Um, are you interested in, at all in, in, Jacoby Myers who congratulations, Jacoby Myers, you finally scored a touchdown uh, or Hunter Henry. Congratulations, Hunter Henry. You showed up uh, Jacoby Myers by scoring two touchdowns. Uh, what what do you want to do here with any of these other members of this, of this Patriots offense?
1: Yeah. So Hunter Henry is my tight end 13. You can feel definitely comfortable starting him. I mean, he's living off of touchdowns. Uh, he's got a touchdown. I believe he's got seven of them in the last seven weeks and like there's not much there other than that but that's certainly enough touchdown production that we kind of have to trust it at this point so you could do a lot worse at tight end than Hunter Henry I'm definitely playing him if uh you know know, I'm not dropping anyone to pick up a tight end off waivers I'm more than happy with him Jacoby Myers he's just I mean yes he got that touchdown it was kind of in garbage time last week and you know in PPR leagues I mean Even his reception totals, it's more in the four or five range. The yardage is more in the 30 to 40 range most weeks. So there's really just not much ceiling there. Um, The volume is not being funneled to him like we've seen in the past. So, you know, hey, if if 10 points gets you, um, if if that excites you in a a deeper league, play him. But um, I'm not really looking to start Myers.
0: Uh, all right. And then, I mean, on the other side of the ball, I mean, I don't know if there's anyone really that you want to start in this game for Atlanta. I, I mean, I guess Kyle Pitts, um, but uh, Cordero Patterson, by the way, um, he practiced all week. He will be a game time decision against the Patriots. It sounds like if it was not a short week, there's a better chance of him playing. Um, if Patterson is playing, if we get the news before the game that he's playing. Are you playing Cordero Patterson?
1: Yeah, I've got him RB 22. They do seem relatively confident. He'll be good. And I mean, this is a brutal matchup against the Patriots, but I at least do trust him to catch four or five passes and give you a PPR floor. So um, yeah, I'd feel pretty good about playing Patterson as an RB two. Okay. And then
0: is uh, Mike
1: Davis, Wayne Gallman, if
0: Patterson is out, do you have any interest? In, I know you said you're playing Mike Davis, but that's, you sounded like those through gritted teeth and you have no other choice in that league. So Davis
1: Gallman, uh, any, any interest in playing these guys? No, not really. I mean, if, if you know, if Cordell Patterson's out, then obviously you've got to consider them. Um, there were some quotes uh, in the week that made it sound like Gallman got more run because it was such a blowout and they knew they had the short week coming up, and maybe that's the reason he saw snaps in front of Mike Davis. So, if Patterson was out and Davis was going to get 70% of the snaps, then yeah, he's a play, but um, it looks like Patterson's playing, so that puts them both off the radar. And even if he was out, I can't imagine I'm ranking any of them much higher than like RB 35 here. I mean, it's just Patterson has been the only production out of that backfield so no I'm I'm definitely looking for other options but hey like I said in my home league I have Daryl Henderson on a buy um, I have Javante Williams uh, somebody else is on a buy I, I don't have many options so I get it they're going to get some snaps just watch the Patterson news up until kickoff
0: yeah I mean I, you you say you don't want to start you don't want to start anyone in this Falcons offense really there's been there's been no production out of anyone but Patterson and and Pitts to a smaller extent uh, Matt Ryan is not uh, playable now either. And there's been little to no wide receiver production from these players at all. Um, so, you know, it, it can definitely be a tough, tough decision to make to, to you know, feel like you need to start Mike Davis, but it sounds like if Patterson is out, Davis is the only one you would have any interest in.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's mainly that quote. I mean, Gallman did produce more last week than Davis has, but uh, you know, Arthur Smith did make it sound like they were kind of sparing Mike Davis a little bit for this short week. So that does make me think that Davis might get the volume here.
0: Okay. And uh, as we move on to discussing the Sunday slate, um, Ryan, unfortunately is having some technical difficulties uh, getting connected to the internet and, and just kind of being on here. So uh, Eric, we're just going to be pressing on just the two of us. Um, you know, if Ryan gets his internet back, um, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe you should just pay his internet bill. You know, I keep <laughs> telling him, dude, you know, it says pass due. You gotta get, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's start with running backs. Um, so if you're wondering, by the way, we didn't talk a lot about injury news up at the top. We're gonna start moving injury news into the positional segments so we can really give the analysis and you can use the timestamps more effectively. Jump in here and see the players you want to see. So, um, Chris Carson is not, did not practice this uh, on Wednesday. Uh, apparently, he did have a setback. Um, he did return to the practice field last week. So, so uh, with Chris Carson, uh, if you have Alex Collins, are you hanging on to him? Uh, are you at, at all interested in starting him this week against Arizona? Uh, and same goes for Carson. If Carson does get cleared to play, do you have interest in playing him either?
1: Well, it really doesn't sound like it's going to be this week for Carson. So he's more of a long-term stash. We we talked about him up in the trade section. Uh, I, I think if you're not uh pretty locked into the playoffs right now it may be worth just freeing up that roster spot but if you are someone who feels confident being in the playoffs carson could help you later but it seems like he's a little ways off here so um, as far as the rest of the backfield it was basically just split between travis homer and alex collins last week 50 percent for uh, the snaps for travis homer 49 percent for alex collins they were trailing quite a bit too so i think that helped homer um so yeah you know collins is fine um if you have the if you need him uh, he should get the snaps i don't think carson will be back so uh, you're, you're going to be banking on a touchdown with Collins. Um, we're also kind of hoping that Russell Wilson looks a little better. Maybe the finger's a little more healed and this offense moves the ball more. So Collins is like an RB 32 for me. Um, nothing exciting, but you know, it's in the J.D. McKissick, you know, Ramondre Stevenson range. Like there's there's some useful players there. So you can play them. You can get a little volume and hopefully a touchdown, but that, that's about all we're at it with Collins right now. Okay. I'm saying in that same division,
0: uh, Elijah Mitchell did not practice uh, as he is um, getting a pin (laughs) inserted into his broken finger. But apparently that's not going to stop him from playing because Kyle Shanahan does expect uh, Elijah Mitchell to play this week. Uh, I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. is pretty much the only other healthy running back that they've got. Well, Trey Sermon, but I don't know. know. Uh, So Trey Sermon, come on. (laughs) uh, Jeff Wilson (laughs) was one of the most added running backs yeah, who would ever have interest in Trey Sermon? Uh, Jeff Wilson, one of the most added running backs there in uh, uh, in, in Yahoo this week. So, um, you know, I, it's a broken finger. Like, I get that he's not catching the ball, but, like, he's got to <laughs> hang on to it. I, I feel like that's going to be difficult with a broken finger. Uh, do, you, do you have any confidence in starting Elijah Mitchell? Are you looking to start Jeff Wilson? Are you just staying away from both of them?
1: No, I mean – yeah, I'll agree. If I was running the team, I might give him a week off and maybe actually let Trey Sermon play. But what do I know? Obviously not uh, something that Shanahan's going to do. But no, I mean, I feel pretty confident if they say he's going to play and he's going to be out there and it's just Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. Then I expect him to get the snaps. So I still kind of have Mitchell like RB 14 range right now. Um, Jacksonville, their defense has been pretty good lately. Uh, you know, they've held their own against the run to some extent. They're kind of worse against the pass. But this is still such a great matchup for San Francisco that uh, I'm starting Mitchell if he's playing and I've been creeping Jeff Wilson junior up my rankings over the last uh, 24 hours or so I've got him at RB 37 right now. I, you know, he, he received a good amount of work um, against uh, the, the Rams. I didn't think he looked that great, but he did get 10 carries. If this turns into a blowout against Jacksonville, Hey, we could see a, some garbage time, Jeff Wilson, the touchdown. So uh, I think Wilson is interesting as a desperation play and we'll see what Mitchell's status looks like up to the kickoff. Well, so so. Mid uh
0: Wilson's interesting as a desperation play if Mitchell's healthy. If Mitchell's not playing this week, uh if there's a setback or uh Kyle Shanahan wakes up and goes, Hey, maybe the guy with the broken finger should get some time off, right.
1: is Jeff Wilson uh, you know, someone that you're absolutely starting this week? So, I mean, Jamichael Hasty's hurt, doesn't seem like he's coming back, and we know that the, you know they hate uh Trey Sermon. So I would expect Wilson to get a lot of work. Um I've never been that high on him. He's always been like a special teamer. I don't think he's that explosive. He's had some big games, but it's just, it's such a good running game. That's the main reason. Uh, If it was just Wilson, I would expect a lot of volume. I'm not sure that I could raise him above though. Like, I mean, I'd rather play Mark Ingram if Camara's out. Um, Maybe we'll talk about Camara later. Um, Maybe even Daryl Williams, depending on CEH. So I don't think I can get Wilson much higher than like RB 23, 24 range.
0: Okay. Uh, that's still, I mean, that's still startable, but it definitely not the, um, you know, absolute must start that Elijah Mitchell is, um, if he's healthy, uh, I want to talk about Aaron Jones. Uh, obviously that happened on Sunday. There's not like been a whole lot of news since then. Um, sprained his MCL expected to miss one or two weeks. Uh, AJ Dillon now up to 92% rostered, the third most added running back and probably would have been added way more leagues if he was available in more leagues. Um, AJ Dillon, uh, start him no questions asked this week
1: oh yeah Uh, I've got him up to RB9 they play at Minnesota Uh, Minnesota hasn't been that great against running backs fantasy wise so uh, it's a fine matchup and just the fact that it's kind of like it's it's almost the Nick Chubb um, Kareem Hunt scenario although they both got hurt this year but once one of them gets hurt um, it's such a huge difference because they don't have that backup to fill in so I expect AJ Dillon to get a ton of work here it's funny we've been talking about this potential all year and it finally happens. And there's just not that much to talk about. It's, it's start AJ Dillon. He's going to be a monster now.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's probably the best, but if we have to talk about you, then that means you're not an instant, you know, absolute <laughs> must start. So AJ Dillon, uh, you know, you're welcome for that compliment. Uh, <laughs> Alvin Kamara did return to practice. We haven't really heard a whole lot, even like last week when he didn't play, it's just been very, very quiet and nebulous nebulous there from um, New Orleans. Um, you practice in a limited session. Do you expect Alvin Kamara to play this week? Um, and, and what is that? I mean, I'm assuming it's pretty easy for Mark Ingram. If Kamara's healthy, you don't start him. And if he's not healthy, you do start him.
1: Yeah. I really don't know what to think of Kamara. I mean, they should be really cautious. So I would not be surprised to see him miss another week, but I mean, you know, he's healthy. If he's out there practicing, they're going to play him. So yeah, I mean, Philadelphia, they're about like sixth or seventh in the league, giving up PPR points to running backs. So it's a nice matchup. Um, if Kamara doesn't play, I've got Ingram RB21. I actually do think if Camara plays, um, you could talk yourself into Ingram as a flex play if you need him. Um, he's been seeing receiving work even when Kamara was around. Uh, he had a five catch game. So they've really incorporated him. I wouldn't expect Kamara to just come back and play 90% of the snaps. He wasn't doing that anyway. So I, I think you could play Ingram. Um, he's probably down around that RB29, 30 range, right around like Jordan Howard, Dearness Johnson, those types. So um, I, no, I, I wouldn't just automatically bench ingram if you got a rough running back roster you could probably get him in there.
0: okay i love that we've come full circle on uh on ingram camara now all the way to camara ingram uh (laughs) you know after ingram's journey around the around the nfl or afc south at least um and then finally uh uh james robinson did not practice on wednesday um he had a knee issue this time so i don't
1: really know what to make of that What, what do you think with james robinson this week it doesn't sound good. Um, I mean, this is a team not competing for the playoffs like some of these other ones we've talked about here. And I, I don't think there's a lot of reason to rush James Robinson back. So I had him in the RB20 range when he was a little more banged up, but I thought he was going to play. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses here, though. And then that just puts Carlos Hyde right back in the you know kind of boring volume runner range that he, he, he goes into when uh, when Robinson doesn't play. So I don't know. I think I would, if you have a Thursday night You know, possibility that you can play. I don't know if I'd wait around and see if James Robinson can make it because again, what's Jacksonville, they don't need to rush him and risk further injury. Their season's over.
0: Yeah. And actually that's a a great point that you just brought up about the Thursday night guys. Um, some of the other players that are a little less, uh, we're unsure. I mean, Chris Carson, we don't think he's going to play. Um, so you definitely play the Thursday night football guys over him. Um, you play the Thursday night football guys over Alex Collins.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um well, unless you're talking like Mike Davis and them, I might hold out. Oh no, no, the no sorry.
0: Uh, New England. Yeah. Uh, yeah don't worry yeah, about I,
1: that. Yeah, I, I think I would probably just lock them in. Um what about uh Eli Mitchell? I uh, I would rather play Mitchell. So, um I think if it's between damian Harris, maybe just go ahead and play damian Harris, but if it's Romonte Stevenson, I uh, I am definitely playing Elijah Mitchell. Um Cordell Patterson would be a closer call, I guess. Um I I still might hold out for mitchell depending i don't know i'm curious if we're going to get like a a good report on patterson before kickoff or it's going to be kind of like hey he's gotten it out but he's going to be there so that makes a big difference to me for patterson
0: okay so if an hour before game time it's like oh yeah patterson's gonna go uh but like we're you know it was a last minute decision then stick with eli mitchell um but if if you hear from earlier in the day like
1: oh yeah patterson's fine he's gonna play today then then you feel a little bit more Exactly. Uh, safe about yeah, I have to be wishy washy with these injuries, but it, you really kind of have to read the coach speak sometimes. Like, are they just kind of like, "Oh, the guy's a veteran; we need to give him a shot. He's earned it," or is it like, "Yeah, he's good. We're going to put him out there." So, you yeah. really kind of read between the lines on those things. All
0: right, and then finally, Alvin Kamara. Like, what's your level of confidence that Kamara plays this week? If if you've got him on your roster, do you leave some of these Thursday night football guys on the bench because you expect Kamara to be out there and potentially scoring you twenty five, you know, PPR points? Or yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a I mean that that's a big one, you know, for for a guy like Kamara.
1: His upside's just so high that I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards playing him and waiting. I do okay. think, you know, as the week goes, we may get some more injuries, some waiver players become a little more playable. If you need to, you might be able to pivot to someone else. So I would hold out hope for Kamara. Okay.
0: Um some of the most added running backs. We talked about a lot of them. So um guys like Ramondre Stevenson, A.J. Dillon, Wayne Gallman, Jeff Wilson. Uh, we don't really need to talk about Mark Ingram either. Uh but let's talk about Deontay Foreman, uh, number one added running back as Tennessee, this running game has been less, not that exciting um, since Adrian Peterson's come to town and, you know, there's not a lot of good running back uh, talent there without Derrick Henry, but is Deontay Foreman interesting enough with the v- workload that he's getting to be someone rostered and started, or is this just, um, you know, a second version of, Hey, everyone, that, that Adrian Peterson that you paid up so much fab for, <laughs> this is just, this is just that all over again with a different player's name.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the matchup against Houston certainly gets our attention and gives us hope. And I did go out and try to add Foreman in most leagues. So long term no. I'm kind of interested in him. I am not going to trust him this week, though, if I have choices. I have him at RB thirty-eight. Both Ryan and I are down compared to consensus on him. So we're neither of us are looking to start Foreman if we can help it. Because it's just we're making a big leap here. He saw thirty-five percent of the snaps last week. Adrian Peterson thirty-three. Jeremy McNichols twenty-six. Um you know, he did get a 38% rush share. So when he was out there, he got the ball a ton for him and did. But we're, we're making a huge leap in our heads to go from a split three-way backfield where he gets 35% of the snaps to he's up in the usable range. And that's mm-hmm. before we even talk about we're not sure how good this rushing game is. So no, I, I'm, I'm looking to not play him at all costs this week. Um, but I do want him on my roster to see how this works out.
0: OK, um, let's talk about a few other of the kind of, you know, injured, not really sure what the status is backfields right now. Uh, we touched on this earlier in the podcast, but I, I want to touch on it again. Uh, Baltimore, um, both Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman have been added in a lot of Yahoo leagues. Latavius Murray is still available um, in 70 percent of Yahoo leagues. Um, any interest in Murray or Freeman uh, this weekend moving forward?
1: Yeah, I do have interest in them moving forward. Um, This week, I would again, I would like to see how this develops, if possible. Mm -hmm. I would actually rank Devontae Freeman ahead just because he's the healthier one. We're not sure if you know Latavius Murray is going to be on a pitch count or what, but them releasing Le'Veon Bell, I think, is a pretty encouraging sign, especially since they haven't really wanted to play Tyson Williams a lot. Um, You know that that puts him more like a a direct replacement for one of these backs if they get injured. So um, I think it's a pretty good sign for Murray's health, for Freeman's usage, but. Um, I've got Freeman about RB 28 Murray about RB 36. I think they deserve a spot on your roster. I just, um, I want to see how this split goes going forward. I'd be surprised though, if we get back to Murray, like he was earlier in the year where he was kind of a lead back. I, I think we're looking at a split backfield.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. That's what we all love to hear. Split backfields. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saquon Barkley status is up in the air. Um, also a tough matchup against Tampa Bay this week. And we haven't seen Barkley in quite some time. Um, are you hanging on to Devante Booker? Uh, for, you know, I mean, if Barkley's not playing, like, do you want to play Booker anyway? Um, and if Barkley does uh, get the green light, do you want to start him this week?
1: Yeah, I'll start Barkley. I mean, if you've got him, you've been waiting for this for a while and he does have the pass catching floor that can, you know, avoid this Tampa Bay matchup for sure. We've seen pass catching backs do all right against Tampa Bay. And before he got hurt, I mean, he had, uh, six catches and five catches, um, over a hundred combined yards. Uh, so you know he was getting things done those two weeks before the injury so he could be a little bit limited but i would roll saquon out there unless you're stacked at running back and then booker he just kind of if saquon doesn't play um he fits into that uh you know volume kind of zach moss Devontae freeman range of running backs uh play him if you need to but i i I definitely like saquon's outlook in the passing game a lot more than i do uh bookers
0: okay so i mean the reason I bring up, you know, uh, potentially dropping Booker is because we've Barkley's close to playing this week, ends up not playing, you know, if you don't want to play Booker against Tampa Bay, then what are you holding on to him for? But it sounds like you have enough interest based on the volume, uh, in starting Booker against this tough Tampa Bay run defense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it comes down to roster construction. I mean, what are you holding him on to for? If, sure. like you said, yeah, if, if, if Saquon gets hurt again, are you really going to play him? If you have two good running backs and, you know, you, I wouldn't worry about it. If you're not going to start him, then just move on. Don't worry about someone else picking him up. Okay. Um, All right. Are there any other running
0: backs kind of on the, on the fringes that you want to talk about any other um, kind of injury decision points this week?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we did, we kind of already talked about Dearness Johnson, so I won't go into that too much. I just, I do think with only Nick Chubb and his status up in the air, he could get a little, sneaky workload here against a really bad Lions team. I mean, they're really bad. So I, I I think you can do a lot worse than starting someone against the Lions at this point. Um, I would say that Antonio Gibson, it's a tough matchup against Carolina. Uh, they are a really good defense and they're probably not getting the credit they deserve. And against running backs, they've given up the fourth fewest PPR points. So Gibson was really good last week against Tampa Bay, but they had a surprising uh, lead. They kind of ran the ball all fourth quarter. Um, he got a couple touchdowns, but uh, I don't think this is a great Antonio Gibson week here against Carolina, so I would be looking for other options if you can. Um, other than that, I mean, I think we've touched on a lot of the questionable ones. Um, I was kind of trying to talk myself into David Johnson a little bit as like a like you he, know he's RB forty for me, so this is not a high ranking, but um, he you know he do, he did lead the backfield last week. He's had some real big dud weeks, but other than that, he gives you seven to twelve PPR points most weeks. So. Um, You know, if you're really scrambling in a deep league, I, th- I think David Johnson against Tennessee isn't the worst matchup in the world, but he- he's down there in like the Brandon Bolden range. So it- it's nothing special. Yeah, you-, you talked yourself into David Johnson all the way to the top 40 running back ranking. Yeah. Oh, boy.
2: He was no, not like- at like
1: 34, 35. And I started moving some like questionable injured players above him. And he dropped all the way down to 40. So then I was like, ah, probably not worth talking about him. But here we are. all
0: right uh and and good call with uh you know Antonio Gibson having yet another tough matchup um who who uh, no one saw last week coming from Washington well no one saw last week coming from just about any aspect of it the the, last week was a weird week uh okay let's move on to wide receivers um just some injury news to discuss uh Donovan Peoples Jones exited Wednesday's practice he came up limping on a route um on the flip side uh Baker Mayfield apparently is going to play this week. So. is there any, anyone in this Cleveland passing offense besides Jarvis Landry? I mean, like we thought Donovan, I mean, well, we didn't think the collective (laughs) fantasy football industry picked up Donovan people's Jones a lot, but is there anyone else in Cleveland? uh, Or is this just Jarvis Landry? Is
1: Jarvis Landry even interesting? I I don't know what to make of Cleveland anymore. No, there there's nobody in the passing game. Jarvis Landry. I actually gave him a little bit of boost this week up to like wide receiver 34. Um, I do think he's got some decent touchdown potential in this game. Uh, you know, a lot of play actions, you know, maybe trying to get Baker a little confidence, get him some short touchdowns. But I mean, you're looking at like 10 combined targets the last two weeks for Landry. Um, that's even in a blowout last week where they were behind. So I just don't think the upside is there and he doesn't have that floor that he used to have. So uh, Landry is more of a flex play for me. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's just the running backs. I mean, I it's possible that one of these tight ends uh, scores a touchdown, gets a little volume, but they just chop up the work so much. We can't really trust any of them.
0: Okay. Uh, and then DeAndre Hopkins was not seen uh, at practice. Um, the injury report might have come out while we were recording this podcast, but uh, as far as I know, there's no update on his status. Uh, he has not played in either of the last two weeks. Uh, do we think uh, we're going to see DeAndre Hopkins this week? Uh, and, and if he is playing, is it just start him if he's healthy?
1: Yeah, you're starting him. I don't think they would do the decoy thing again with him again. They kind of already tried that, and it maybe you know set him back a little bit. So it doesn't look real promising. I I would expect to not have him if you've got him on your roster. But yeah, if he's out there, you're playing him.
0: Cool, great. Uh, I was counting on him for my guillotine league this week, so I will uh, look for someone else. Maybe I will look for some of these most added wide receivers, like Marcus Johnson or Kendrick Bourne, uh, both of whom were adding a lot of leagues. and are still under twenty percent rostered. Marcus Johnson, kind of representing this: hey, someone has to score points on this Tennessee offense, and uh, with Julio Jones on IR, there's there's room to be had. I think uh, Marcus Johnson, uh, Chester Rogers, and Nick Westbrook kind all are are projected to score a decent amount of points according to Yahoo because I don't think Yahoo has any idea what's going to happen with this Tennessee uh passing game. Did Marcus Johnson show you enough this past week? Five receptions, hundred yards. Uh is there any interest in him or any other member of this Tennessee passing offense?
1: No, it's hard for me to get too excited about Johnson. I mean we've seen some other receivers kind of bounce in and out of fantasy relevance in this Tennessee passing game. And I, I just he has had a couple of good snap shares. Um, week eight, 66%. Week 10 last week, 63%. Uh, the only ones who have topped those over the last three weeks are Julio and AJ Brown. So they, I mean, they are getting him on the field. Um, you could do a little worse if, if you're in a deep league, but I think it would have to be a pretty deep league, like three wide receiver, a flex, and like a 16-teamer or something, or maybe a 14-teamer. I just, I don't know that, I don't have enough confidence. They, they seem to kind of change their secondary receivers depending on the role and depending on the matchup so i I just don't have faith he's going to be out there this week okay uh and then kendrick Bourne, 16 percent rostered um i mean
0: i I, mac jones is starting to look better I, i don't know if we have any interest in kendrick Bourne.
1: no i mean even last week mac jones had a great game they blew out the browns i know he was pulled early but he threw for 198 yards i believe so it's just not a high volume passing game and if they get up on Atlanta, it's just going to be more of the same running the ball. So, no, not really. Uh, Jacoby's still the main one I'm interested in, and I'm, I'm looking otherwise if possible.
0: Okay, uh, and then let's talk about uh, some wide receivers. I mean, again, you know, we all know the players that, that you're going to be starting every single week. Um, some players we'll just kind of touch on real quick, uh, quick hitters in terms of if they've got a tough matchup or um, if you are significantly kind of uh, different on them from everyone else. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, with T.Y. Hilton's healthy. Uh, theoretically i think maybe wh- whatever version of healthy ty hilton is uh whatever that means for him and they play buffalo uh the toughest uh past defense in the nfl so uh are you at all concerned about playing michael Pittman?
1: no not really i expect them to have to put up some points and even last week i mean i think hilton what had five targets and one catch or something um pitman was down to five targets they still had 71 yards on those five targets um he's a good touchdown threat We've seen that over the last five or six weeks, a lot of touchdowns scored. So, no, I I feel pretty good about Pittman. He is still in my top 20 receivers, wide receiver 15. You know, at some point, this season's been so weird. Uh, We just need to play the talented players. And I I think we're all pretty confident that Pittman is a talented player, and they're going to be passing a lot. So I'll, I'll take my chances. I hope Hilton doesn't keep eating into his work.
0: OK, well, let me ask you about two other talented wide receivers then. Uh, be- <laughs> and, and and if they if they fall under play, the talented players, um, these guys are second wide receivers on their team facing tough defenses. That's Adam Thielen against the Green Bay Packers, the uh, second uh, stingiest pass defense and Tyler Lockett against Arizona. Uh, fourth stingiest, and uh, coming off some pretty shoddy uh, quarterback play this past week for Russell Wilson. So um, what's your level of confidence in Adam Thielen and Tyler Lockett?
1: Right. It's hard for me to be too low on Thielen just because of the touchdown potential. I mean, he's only got three games this year. He hasn't scored a touchdown in. I mean, I know there have been some lackluster performances even with the touchdowns, but I'm going to roll him out there most weeks. I got him in my top 20 wide receiver 18. I expect them to have to air it out a little bit against the Packers. That's always the big concern with with the Vikings is just they get a lead and they're going to just sit on the ball and run it. So um, I like Thielen enough and then Lockett. I feel like Lockett is a bit of a leap of faith here. Um it's Wilson did not look good. The line didn't give him time to throw deep. And then his touch looked off. But it was in the cold in Lambeau. I'm hoping at home in Seattle. I haven't checked the weather yet because it doesn't really matter until we're a little closer. But um hopefully a little bit of better weather. He's got a better grip on the football. He can get the ball downfield because Lockett still had eight targets last week. And then the last matchup before Wilson came back. I mean, he went 12 for 142 with Geno Smith. So like he's classic boom bust, but it's hard for me to rank him too low just because of those upside weeks. Okay. Um, real
0: quick on Amari Cooper, who's had two dud weeks in a row. Um, Chiefs and, and not like a good defense by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, neither were the Falcons, uh, and, and Cooper uh, hardly did anything against them. Uh, obviously, a blowout situation. You know, kind of muddies things there, but um, you know, if you're an Amari Cooper uh, manager, got to be concerned, right?
1: Yeah, and I still have him at wide receiver twenty-three, just because Dak Prescott, um, and it's going to be a shootout. You would think against the Chiefs, but. It's a lot of competition. CeeDee Lamb, the running game. Now that Michael Gallup's back, the tight ends. So, I mean, I've got some surprising players like Brandon Cooks, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin had them this week. So I think you can find better options than Cooper, but he does have upside. Uh, roll him out there if you need to.
0: Okay, and and now we're starting to kind of get into this this range of, of wide receiver where you know, things are going to be a little bit muddier, um, kind of that late 20s, early 30s. So just who are some players in here that you think uh, people might be surprised that you're ranking so high? You might be surprised that you're willing to start. Um and, and just some guys that you really expect a good things from this week.
1: Yeah, so I mean I do think Darnell Mooney at wide receiver twenty-nine against Baltimore. Um, I mean they're a good defense. I worry a little bit that they're the type of defense that gives a rookie like Justin Fields some trouble, but uh that passing game has looked a lot better lately. The Ravens have given up some plays this year. I think there's some upside there with Mooney, so I'm not opposed to starting him. A couple weeks ago, it looked like this passing game was tanking, but um, we saw a couple touchdowns from Mooney last time out. They had the bye week, so I, I could see this passing game continuing to ascend. So um, I don't mind him. Christian Kirk's pretty locked in as a, a safe receiver, especially if Hopkins misses. Feeling pretty good about starting him. Um, and I, I guess I'm a little higher than consensus on Kadarius Toney. Um, I know he's burnt people uh, several times this year, but I do think there's a lot of talent that receiving core is up in the air. As long as we have positive practice reports from Tony, um, the only receiver I really think draws more attention than him consistently is Sterling Shepard. So keep an eye on Shepard's status. But if there's no Shepard, I've got Tony at wide receiver 32, and I I think he's got some upside there against Tampa Bay where they're going to have to pass the ball.
0: Okay, yeah, some good options and some other guys that you're higher than consensus on: Rashad Bateman, um, Corey Davis, uh, and uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I mean, these are not exactly the most exciting plays. Some of them are are ranked lower, but uh, Hilton, Hilton, you at least consider playable. And uh, you know, uh, Fantasy Pros expert consensus ranking does not consider him that way.
1: Yeah, and I actually forgot to mention Brandon Cooks because um, Titans have given up the most PPR points to receivers this year. That's who he has against. And I know that, you know, it's been a little shaky at times with Cooks, but um, he got uh, Tyrod Taylor back last week. He got 14 targets. It didn't produce a big day, but we've just seen this volume a massive volume when Tyrod's out there and Tyrod's fairly competent. So I think cooks could be on the Ascension here as we go down the stretch. Yeah. The, the Titans give up so many uh, point
0: PPR points to wide receiver that they're actually such an outlier on our Google sheet here that it really throws off the color scheming for everyone else. <laughs> um, there's like far fewer green on here because Tennessee is so far uh, it, it, like bad at at covering uh, wide receivers for fantasy purposes. So, uh, definitely a good spot for uh, Brandon Cooks to be in. Uh, and then just a couple of guys that you're really low on that that uh Fantasy Pros says are you know in the startable range. Um, just real quick, why aren't you starting Cole Beasley, Mike Williams, or Jacoby Myers this week?
2: Oh, yeah, actually, so- we already
1: talked about Jacoby Myers. Why aren't you starting That's Cole
0: Beasley and Mike Williams?
1: I'm I'm firmly in. We get in this situation with players sometimes in fantasy. Um, I'm in this spot with Mike Williams where. We could try to keep starting him week after week and hope for the breakout, and we would have had four straight bad weeks already. I'm just kind of at the point of let's see him do it first before we get him back in our lineups. And I really still – I think that early season barrage he had was – it was an outlier compared to the rest of his career. This is more what it's looked like. So I hope we get that back, but I'm not going to waste my roster spot uh, just kind of hoping something changes because we've got – actually five of the last six games has looked pretty bad for him. So it's just too much of a track record now to keep – wishing for weeks one through three.
0: Yeah. And uh, what about Cole Beasley?
1: Yeah. Beasley. I mean, he's just so hard to predict. Like he'll disappear. We used to have the flow chart for Beasley. We'd always talk about, and we could predict it, but I can't predict it anymore. Only two catches against the uh, jets last week. So I don't know. I mean, we see these, you know, 10 for one tens on his, his ledger. And he he certainly could do that again. Um, I I don't think he's the worst play in the world, but his, his floor has kind of disappeared this year. So beware. He's kind of a boom, 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 bust slot option i would say which is kind of a change from his past
0: well well we needed john brown for the flow chart and the second john brown left buffalo which i i really i not not know what happened to john brown i thought he looked like a good wide receiver last year uh anyway uh moving on to quarterback um there's two quarterbacks we need to talk about let's talk about the one that everyone has rostered and that's russell wilson uh such a bad week last week obviously his first week back from injury but um, are you like, if you have Russell Wilson, are you picking up another quarterback to play this week? Like, are, did last week scare you enough to the point that you don't really want to start him? I mean, I know how you feel about rostering two quarterbacks, but we're getting to the point now where, I mean, every win all season matters, but now it really feels like they matter. So, uh,
1: and, any, any wiggle room there, Eric, on your, no two quarterbacks on your roster policy. Yeah, that's what makes Wilson so tough is you certainly don't want to drop him, but um, it hasn't been that great. I mean, well, I I talked about earlier how I didn't think he looked very good. It looked like his touch was off. Maybe he wasn't ready to come back, and he hasn't been that good this year anyway. Um, It's not like he's been lighting it up. He's been more of a low-end quarterback one this year, Um, and I think that's kind of where he settles into now, and he's against a Cardinals defense that's allowed the fifth fewest overall fantasy points to all positions. Um, and then the the third fewest to the quarterback position. So it's a tough matchup. He hasn't been that exciting this year. He's not a massive runner. So, you know, he's not getting you those Jalen Hurts points. And uh, I don't know, I, I've got him ranked as a QB 12 this week. Um, I do understand starting him kind of taking a down week and hoping for better weeks. Um, we do have Washington, San Francisco, Houston coming up. That gets a little better, but I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of good quarterbacks right now. And I don't, not sure if he's going to crack that top seven or eight this year. I I think we have to readjust our expectations here. So, Hey, if you want to move on, if you want to pick up like Kirk cousins, who I have a ranked a little higher, I know it sounds insane, but at least he's healthy. Okay. Um,
0: Yeah. It's, it's tough to to drop someone like Russell Wilson. So I I definitely understand that, but um, I I just, I don't know that I could play him If, if I'm fighting for, for my playoff life right now. And, I'm worried that any loss could knock me out of contention. I don't know that I can feel confident starting Russell Wilson this week. Um, it, it's, re- it's really hard to come back from a, a performance like what uh, Wilson just had with just putting up seven points uh, in a two, in six-point per touchdown uh, passing, which didn't matter because he was uh, he was shut out. So, you know, seven points no matter what league you're playing in. Uh, and then I have to ask about Cam Newton because Cam Newton most added uh, quarterback in fantasy uh, this past week. Uh, obviously a very exciting uh, quarterback, and, and he really showed, uh, I think, uh, a blueprint to success with Cam Newton uh, this past week in limited work uh, under center for Carolina. So, are you adding Cam Newton um, as a stash? Are you adding Cam Newton starting him, or are you just keeping a very close eye on him?
1: I think I am. I mean, if you have a good quarterback, then no, it's not worth it. I mean, if you got one of the locked in top five, but, but you, do you, you think got Russell I'm, Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I am. I mean, I've got Cam Newton ranked uh, QB 18 this week and I want to get him higher and I may get him higher by the end, but this is a nice matchup against Washington. I do think, you know, the, the floor is a little scary. I wouldn't be that shocked if he has a down week, but um, he's such a good rusher. I, I agree with what Ryan was talking about earlier. He, he's kind of like, Justin Fields and Cam Newton are kind of boom bust options this week at streamer. Um, and I do like what Cam can offer. I mean, he had 17 fancy points per game last year, and that was with almost nothing through the air. Um, he, he did nothing passing the ball and he's got better weapons here in Carolina than he did in new England. And he looked good in the preseason. So that's at least a little encouraging. He looked like himself during that limited action last week. And, Washington's a really good matchup they've given up the most fancy points to opposing quarterbacks so uh, there's a ton of upside here for Cam it's his first game there could be some floor here I understand being a little worried but um, the rushing ability is going to put him over some of those players like Mac Jones to a Baker uh, they, they just can't touch because of that rushing ability okay so like very very cautious optimism is probably how you would you would you know well, say how you're feeling about Cam I don't even know if I'd say that I I'm pretty optimistic. I just, uh, I, I think be prepared to have the rug pulled from out from under you at any point, but I, I am optimistic. I just, I know it could go South pretty quickly.
0: Okay. And it's also tough because Carolina has a, a buy in week 13. So if you add Cam Newton, now yeah. you're getting at most two weeks out of him before you have to find someone else. Uh, anyway, so kind of tough, to figure out what to do there. I don't know. Maybe if you have Russell Wilson, you pick up Cam Newton and you figure it out between the two of them uh, on a week to week basis. Um, And then, and then you just have Eric scolding you silently uh, for having two quarterbacks. All right, tight end. We talked about Dan Arnold already. Um, Most added tight end. You should be rostered in a lot more leagues. Um, Eric, you have him ranked uh, in your top 12 this week. Ryan has him in the top 10. So a lot of faith in Dan Arnold. Um, The other most added tight end was Tyler Conglin who has, you know he's gotten the work there in Minnesota um i see you have him in the top 12 um how are you feeling about Tyler Conklin the rest of the season
1: yeah and one quick note i would say we're at the time of the year we're having two quarterbacks or two tight ends on your roster makes a lot more sense we've seen a lot of the breakouts that are going to happen at other positions so i'm not going to scold you too much for rostering two of them but um conklin's fine i mean a lot of his uptick lately has been scoring touchdowns which you know that could go away at any moment um so that's always a concern i mean he had Three catches last week, but two of them were touchdowns. So that's what he's living off of there. Um, Before that, he hadn't cracked, you know, the top five of tight ends since week three. So I don't think the upside is going to be there most weeks for Conklin. But he's the one that can get you about 10 PPR points. And uh, that's that's saying something most weeks at tight end. So I don't mind him. They'll be thrown against the Packers. Uh, You can do a lot worse than Conklin.
0: All right, I mean, Conklin's replacing Kyle Rudolph, who had fantasy relevant weeks last year. And I don't know how because he moves slower uh, than me, and I'm, I don't move very fast at all. So, uh, you know, there's something, there's something there. Uh, Kirk Cousins clearly likes looking at his tight ends in the red zone, so it's a good opportunity. Um, we need, okay, we got to talk about these two tight ends. Uh, you don't have to go too in depth on them, but just, just tell me what on earth, what, what happened? TJ Hawkinson, one target. Mike Kosicki, I mean, seven targets, but zero receptions. Like what? They combined between the two of them, zero reception, zero yards, zero fantasy points. I, I can't get hurt again by these guys. What, what's gonna, what, do, what do I do here, Eric?
1: I, I can't explain the Hawkinson one. I mean, I, we talked about him on what we saw. Uh, his snaps were high. He ran as many routes as any of the receivers. It was miserable weather, and Goff was hurt with an oblique injury. So I think that's how you write it off. I mean, you look at Hawkinson this year. He has had eight or more targets in every game but three. And in those three games, it's been one target, three targets, and two targets. So when he bottoms out, he really bottoms out. But other than that, he's been good. So um, I'm still playing Hawkinson. He's my tight end six. And I feel the same about Gasicki. I mean, yes, the zero catches is horrible, and you're not going to recover from that one for a while. But seven targets is right in line with his usage every other week. So against the Jets, I'm playing him. He's He's actually tight end five for me. So just a good matchup.
0: Yeah, um, Mike Gesicki, the seven targets, that's nice. I mean, that's what you want to see for a tight end, but zero reception, zero points. I don't know how I made it through my guillotine league this week with Gesicki at, uh, at my, as my starting tight end, and it really, really hurt. That game was on Thursday, so all week long, I had to look at a big old fat zero in yeah. my lineup, so I'm glad I was able to, to skate by.
1: I mean, it honestly shows the tight end position. There are just a handful that are going to score 20, and the rest of them are between eight and zero you know so you're 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 losing eight points there as opposed to whiffing on running back you could be losing 25 points to the competition that's that's absolutely fair or whiffing at quarterback
0: uh all right and then finally um let's just talk real quick about defenses we talked about the stream of the week uh that's the la chargers against uh either a mason rudolph led or a ben roethlisberger led pittsburgh steelers not like it really matters neither quarterback's all that good um and you know they're you know no juju maybe no chase claypool uh missing a lot of of high power uh offense there um but let's talk about the other side we always talk about top defenses that you're sitting and i think there's three interesting ones this week um these t- defenses are all rostered i think in uh 75 of leagues or more and uh, they're not projected to get you a whole lot it's a tough call let's start with the rams because they're on bye, uh and they also have not been doing that well this year um you look at their their recent history uh since week seven they have scored seven points seven points five points and one point um seven and seven i mean that's you know that's serviceable you take that from a defense any day of the week but it's not a team that you you know you paid up for the rams you've you've held on to them all year they're on a bye week now do you hang on to the rams through their bye
1: so green bay is after the bye which i oh no i'm sorry i'm looking at the wrong no that no is you're, you're right i no. can't even I can't even tell the difference between these Los Angeles teams logos anymore. I thought I was on the Chargers, real quick. No,
0: you're on the Rams. Green. They do have
1: Green Bay after the bye. Um, but then yes. Jacksonville. But then Arizona. Yeah. So I'm not one to hold a defense that's not lighting the world on fire through a bye and a matchup I want to avoid in Green Bay. So I don't think it's worth holding it until Jacksonville. Special, especially when it's Arizona, possibly healthy uh, Russell Wilson after that. Minnesota, Baltimore. So I say you move on. That's a pretty brutal schedule. You can find someone else in Week 13 when they play Jacksonville. Okay, and then
0: uh do we move on from Arizona? Um rushing 81% of leagues. They have Seattle and then they have their bye. Um they Arizona's had a lot more uh I mean they've scored in double digits I think 6 times this year as a defense. Um and you know, they've had a few dud weeks, but what defense doesn't. Um can you hang on to Arizona as they play Seattle in Seattle and then a bye week um or or, or what do you do with them?
1: It's tough for me because I just commit to the streaming from the start, and I'm just churning and burning all year in my league, so I would. But Seattle's not the worst matchup. We saw how bad Wilson looked last week. He'd get some sacks and picks. Obviously, the is no good. But after that, Chicago, um, the Rams, Detroit, Indianapolis. I mean, there's, there's a few starts in there with Chicago, Detroit, and maybe Indy. So I would hold on to them before the Rams, um, but I'm still generally leaning. there are enough good defenses with a good couple of weeks stretch here. I, I would just go to one of them. Okay, and then finally,
0: um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are facing the L.A. Chargers uh, in L.A. um, And T.J. Watt left uh, the game this past week with uh, an injury to his knee and hip. Um, You know, MRIs came back negative. So he he, it's very possible he plays this Sunday, but it's possible. No or a limited T.J. Watt, um, a tough offense to play against. Uh, Do you hang on to Pittsburgh through this week? Do you just play them against the Chargers uh, and hope for the
1: best? What do you do? I mean, I've got him ranked like in the 14 range. I'm still kind of finishing up my defensive rankings for the week, but I do think they could get a few turnovers or sacks against Herbert. But, I mean, you just look at the rest of the season schedule. I mean, the quarterbacks they're playing, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Baker Mayfield in 17. It's It's a pretty good collection of quarterbacks. So I would look for a hot defense to pick up that's got a nice three-week stretch and figure it out later okay all right
0: well uh hopefully we've helped you both uh with your sit start decisions in week 11 and looking ahead to uh your playoff schedule and and maybe making some trades that'll uh that'll help you as you've got like we mentioned about 48 hours here to uh to figure out well uh it was 48 hours when you started listening to this podcast and you got 40 you know <laughs> a little over 40 uh 46 maybe 46 and a half hours to go uh before your uh, trade deadline comes so close so something to keep an eye on uh, some players to look for and uh we look forward to talking to you guys next week